0: Welcome to Episode 201 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at Alone. This is X-Files Season 8, Episode 19. The original air date was May 6th, 2001. The action primarily takes place in upstate New York, and the average IMDB user score is an 8.1 out of 10. So we are definitely seeing a shift here. Mulder is officially unemployed. Scully is taking her maternity leave. And now Doggett is assigned a new partner that he didn't know was coming. She begged for the assignment. It was set up by Kirsch, but she's an agent from the accounting department. So she is a huge fan of Mulder and Scully, has intricate knowledge of the X-Files by going through their expense reports and reading the reports that Mulder's been filing But this is her first experience in the field. She did come across the case that she believes is an X-File. It's related to what we saw in the teaser, where there's an old man in a wheelchair being cared for by his son, and the man somehow disappears after being attacked by some sort of creature. So the police believe that the son who was watching him is the prime suspect, and Doggett notices that the behavior pattern doesn't match up. Dumping a body in the woods would indicate haste, but other things where they're saying if he was the the criminal, they would suggest premeditation. So he's saying that behavior is inconsistent. He doesn't think the son is the killer. He thinks the son is another victim, which again is down to John Doggett actually being an excellent police officer. There's an episode of J. Miles Explain the X-Men where they refer to him as the only character on the X-Files who should, under any circumstances, actually be allowed to carry a gun. And I'm not sure they're wrong. But as the investigation proceeds, Scully has a hard time coping with maternity leave and does an autopsy that she wasn't supposed to be the one to do. Mulder ends up on the site, and he finds the Apollo 11 memento that he gave Scully way back in Season 1. This episode is filled with callbacks to previous seasons. When this first came out, I remember some people in the news group were thinking it was wrapping up even though we knew a season nine was coming by this point. But they felt like, well, no, they must have thought it was going to be over. But no, why there's all the flashbacks is because of Layla Harrison. The character Layla Harrison is the accountant who is assigned to it. The real world Layla Harrison was very active on the X-Files message boards on the Fox website. She was a huge fan and a prolific fan fiction writer who lost a battle with cancer in early 2001. So this character was created as a tribute to that real life person. And it was the real Layla Harrison's attention to detail, including questioning things like how did Mulder and Scully get back at the end of the first film which at the time was the only film that led to some of the dialogue found in here, when she finally meets the real Mulder and Scully. In any event, they do find that the old man who was working as a caretaker on a property was a victim of the owner of that property, who could do sort of a Jekyll and Hyde thing and become what the credits refer to as Salamander Man, who would blind and kill his victims. So, Julie Jenkins is probably the most prominent guest star. She is the one who plays Agent Layla Harrison. She's got 48 acting credits to her name as recently as 2020, so very much still active today. This is her first of two appearances on The X-Files as Layla Harrison. This is one of her four IMDb Best Known For credits, the others being Simone, Shasta McNasty, and How I Met Your Mother. is another stuntman who's filling in the role. He was the actual Salamander Man. He's got 128 stunt credits to his name, only 29 acting credits. he previously played the Bat-Thing in Patience. So we did discuss his work at that time. Now, Tony Ketchum plays Gary Sachs. This is one of his four IMDb best-known credits. He's also known for Ghost World, Carbots, and The Invisible Man. 49 acting credits to his name, some in post-production. Zach Grenier, or Grenier, looks French, I'm going to go with Grenier. He plays Stites, the biologist who became the Salamander Man. He is best known for his work in Devs, Fight Club, The Good Wife, and Deadwood. 98 acting credits to his name, again, some of which are in post-production, so still active today. This is his only X-Files appearance. James Otis plays the old man he's got 24 acting credits to his name most recent credit was 2010 he passed away on march 3rd of 2020 so fairly recently he is best known for his work in the prestige the black dahlia star trek deep space 9 and er this is his only x-files credit although he did play Solbar in three episodes of deep space nine lisa caseman plays the medical examiner, the pathology assistant, as she's officially credited. In the IMDb's top four best known for, this is number one. She also appeared in Boiling Point as a ballroom dancer. Kronos 5.0 as Sid, which came out in 1993, and the IMDb still doesn't have an image for it. And her other best known is Patron number two in an episode of Roswell. This is her only X-Files credit She's got 19 IMDb credits, most recently a few episodes of Karaoke Divas from 2017. Now, I haven't mentioned the writer or director yet. It was written by Frank Spotnitz, a very familiar name to X-Files fans. He's written several episodes of the show. This is also his directorial debut. He's got one other episode of the X-Files that he's going to direct, and then a TV movie in 2007. So all in all, it's not a bad episode. Sometimes the Layla Harrison character can get a little grating, because she is very, very much the fangirl. There are a few moments, partly when Doggett tells her that she's being used by Kirsch, since he handpicked her for the assignment, that she says, no, no, she begged for it. Uh, I think my my most fun moment was with Mulder. Not just The Return of the Sunflower Seeds, which was nice, but when someone asks him for his identity, he gives the name Alvin Kirsch instead of Fox Mulder. So it is enjoyable. It's a little lighthearted, not part of the bigger mythology, but that is kind of necessary at this stage in the season. So when we come back in two weeks' time, we're going to take a look at The Captain Toby Show, which was an episode of The Lone Gum, and we're going to be looking at it out of sequence. And then the last two X-Files episodes of Season 8 were to be continued, so we will be doing those together, Essence and Existence, then back to the season finale of The Lone Gunman before we do a wrap-up of this TV season, wrapping up X-Files Season 8 and the only season of The Lone Gunman, before we start reviewing the final original run season of The X-Files with Season 9. Thank you for listening.